2: Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience presented by DraftKings 2022 for the first time since 2019 the Canadian Open has returned to the PGA schedule it's exciting times for people who are Canadian like myself. And Jeff Feinberg, maybe you out there too. Smash a like to the episode playing the Mayo Listeners League. 2,500 spots this week. Let's fill it up quickly so we get the bonanza jackpot of rake free money for the U.S. Open. And give me your winner down in the comment section or the guys' odds when you look on DraftKingsportsbook.com that are most egregious this week because there are some egregious pricings in a field like this uh Jeff did you watch much of the memorial because the the Sunday fun got sucked out of it for me when Billy Ho was up by a bunch I was like yeah maybe Neiman can make a run maybe someone can make a run it got interesting for a second until it stopped becoming interesting like 20 minutes later
3: did get interesting for a second Billy made a clutch putts he made the eagle I probably watched less of it than most events I had joked last week Pat that you know, the golf gods, I think I owe one, to, And the memorial gods from hitting Cantley with the ROM WD last year, I owed one, too. Needing to watch Billy strut walk, you know, Jack's place for 18 holes was was a little unexpected and, and, and cruel. But uh, it is what it is. And, and credit to him. And what's funny is the athletic Pat wrote a piece on Billy that came out last week where he pretty much said, I am done trying to make people happy. I've tried to fix myself for 13 years. I tried as hard as I could. I couldn't. I'm just gonna be me. So it's a, whatever you've gotten is gonna keep happening. And I mean, for a guy that a lot of us, myself included, at times, most of the time, can't stand on television, he is just—he's just he's a, he's just he's a winner. He just—he raids these big events. He's like the casino when that thing hit zero on the green. You know, I don't, I didn't see many people bragging to me about hitting a ticket last night, but you know, it makes sense The the uh, correlation to other wins in his career, uh, happy for him. But to answer your question, it was a long answer. I did not watch as much
2: as I normally do. I don't know whether to take solace in the fact that, I mean, Morikawa kind of blew up my week. It was an okay DraftKings week. People played the play that I saw I duped in a $100 single entry with like three other people who played the play the best plays lineup that I threw in. It was a really good lineup. It was like, it was a good 6-6. Six six. Mito ended up doing better as the week went along, but a third place, a fifth place, a 13th place. It was around it, but again, just coming up in the shithole. For all of these outright bets, at least I'm cutting down the card a little bit and saving some money that way. But I feel like we're close. Maybe we can get one this week, but that might be a bit difficult looking at some of these odds and how you think that this tournament is going to play out. I got a few names circled, but that's really about it. I was happy to see. I like the celebration with Billy. He was he had made mention Great. in the presser after the fact that it was the first time that his kids had ever been at a tournament he had won. Best. And, is, he, um, is he on the radar for either the US Open or the Open Championship cuz I never really consider like I don't think I've ever bet Billy Horschel in a major ever which has been a- No,
3: but he did have that vibe where he like had that great US Open and then rocked the octopus pants and then bitched at Chambers Hill so that sort of changed like I uh, love Billy US Open vibes uh but he's historically I don't know, man, classical, like his two last wins, Memorial and the Wentworth win, like just classical tree-lined golf courses that have serious goddamn teeth and have really good fields. So I'm not sure where the question is if he's live for these couple events, Pat, but does he not have to answer when you take out like the immediate young kids, like say a Zalatoris or even a Shoffley who's not young, but he has to be in this conversation for best like veteran player without a major. Does he not? I mean, based on world ranking now, yeah, you you can debate that in a conversation. So, and that's a, that's a compliment. Congratulations, Billy, myself, a lot of people in, in, you know, we're hard on the guy, but I don't know. He's easy to be hat. Like when he wins, I'm not watching him. I'm like annoyed, but when he wins and, not not happy for him it's this weird dynamic um that i'm not alone in sharing i think
2: well, he has the two wins. He has the one team event win with Scott Piercy and Zurich. He won Zurich for his first ever win in 2013. He went back to back in 2014 in the FedEx Cup playoffs, won the BMW, then won the Tour Championship the next week, beating out Furich and Rory. He has that match play win as a WGC. Wentworth, like you said, you know his career is kind of shaping up Patrick a lot. Patrick Reed
3: minus a major.
2: I was going to say Molinari. Well, Pre, yeah, I guess you pre, just pre, to... Pre-Open Championship Molinari yeah. where, I mean, Horschel has more impressive wins on his resume, but just like that sort of trajectory where maybe it's just all... It, it, what really sucks is that I've been betting Billy Horschel this year, like a lot, and he finally wins oh. when I'm not on him.
3: <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't. And he was making a move on, on on Friday to sort of give himself the late weekend tea time. I saw a stale number, and I was too stubborn to bet it. I saw a good stale number, like a 70. Um, But I, you know, I had guys that were contending And, you know, sometimes I'm stubborn I'm just like, I don't want to cheer for this guy this weekend You know, but a few weeks ago I never thought, I don't ever like cheering for Justin Thomas And I bet him to win So, yeah, I can't control sometimes how my stubborn acts Will, will, um, will play itself out I made the Patrick Reed comp Just because he just wins, like, man parties You know, like, he just wins these great events Strong fields brings this like tough as nails attitude to them, and and becomes a bit of a machine. Obviously, minus a major championship, but I think we complimented him very kindly with both of those comps, and I could totally see like a second life. Yeah, if he does it, I I won't win money on it. I'm going to tell you that right now. If, If Billy Horschel wins a major, I
2: will not win money on it. I'm looking at his majors track record right now. It might be the worst majors track record of any good player for Cantley. The... No, I like Cantley. Cantley has finishes. Like they're also
3: a different class. Like for that, cl- like sure, but okay, fine. Horrible in majors outside that one U.S. Open where he rocked the octo pants. Yeah,
2: he he had a T four in 2013 at the U.S. Open, and it's just a bunch of missed cuts. Like even over the past since 2019. His best finish in a major is T23 at the PGA Championship last year. It's a lot of, like, T56, T38, 43rd. It's a bunch of that stuff. Let's not forget, like, the
3: true facts about what he had to deal with a few years ago also. Like, his wife was, like, she's a recovered alcoholic, but he was, like, afraid to leave Home to go play golf. Imagine playing golf and being worried that you're—I don't know—a kid might be running around with scissors and your wife's half baked on the couch. Like that can't be fun. Having to hit a twelve-foot par pot. True. So like a full. You know I can't wait for Chris Kirk to finally win. And this course, in many ways, are going to go to this we could set up for Kirk.
2: So, but so, that's I mean, like, you, you, well, yeah, let's bet Kirk at what is he like, eight to one or something? Like uh, that? I don't know.
3: Yes, the the odds are insane. <laughs> I just mean a short, compact shot maker. I'm with it. Anyhow, we'll get there in a in a few minutes. But yeah, I mean, he just he was, you know, Chris Kirk was an admitted re- alcoholic and and recovered. So I'm looking forward to his. Finally, like, ending his long tenure without a win and, and everything he's gone through can be celebrated. But, again, I think it's the third time I'm going to say it. Billy Horschel annoys me, but when he wins, I love celebrating him also. Even if I'm going to, you know, pull out my pockets and there's nothing in them, I can't control that. That's that's supposed to happen every week,
2: trying to guess who's going to win. I made a U.S. Open wager over the week. Love it. First one. Sung J is 66 it. to 1 with the top five. I do worry that I kind of I got a bit too excited that I was like, you know, if I had just waited until week of, this is probably a better number, right? <laughs> tough.
3: This is tough to call, Pat. This is tough to call because a couple guys are gonna go down. I think he's a, a very quality, non like non like ultra high end prototype player. I think the number is strong. I don't think we're gonna I don't think we're gonna see an 80 based on how he played in his first um, two
2: events back,
3: first two events back on just a demanding golf course that if it plays a certain way, it's perfect for him. I love it. I didn't even, I saw your tweet after I would already been thinking about it and I saw your tweet and I'm like, I'm gonna, this makes total, this makes total sense. I like that. Um, So Sung J M Brookline, Let's let's do it. I'll join. I'll get right on that. I bet him with you this week. I think if you for his results, the last two weeks have been perfect for someone who wants to bet him at the U.S. Open. Now I bet him last week. I thought the results in the first event were perfect for for setting up a week. Last week they did not, but yeah, I'm totally there. I don't think we're gonna regret it unless it gets boosted. But here's the funny thing about the boosts. You can sometimes still fully cash out your regular bet.
2: Oh yeah, hundred percent. But I have the each like, way. So, so I have the it's... each way. So I can't. I can't cash it out now.
3: Oh yes. Ah, she's That's a that, that, even that, better bet. I don't want to do that though. Yeah, look, win or nothing. I know. Yeah, that's even smart. That's smart. It seems like he can contend there. If he gets clipped by, I mean, look who's won the two majors this year. Like, is this just gonna be a year of ultra elites? Or are we gonna go down the board? Uh, you, and you, give out a trophy. Maybe you, maybe a couple weeks we'll, we'll we'll get down the board.
2: Even in years where super elites have dominated the majors, you usually do get your one outlier. Of course, someone and, always
3: clips one of them. Yeah,
2: and it feels like although this has not been the case uh, the past two times at St Andrews, when you look at like the rest of the leaderboard at St Andrews, you're like, oh yeah, an elite is probably going to win there, depending on how far you go down. And I mean, I do you know anything about Brookline? At all? Because I, I was looking into it this week. I was reading about it. I wanted to get someone on. Like, I, I had uh, Troy Martin on for the PGA Championship. John Ratzhaus on for the Players' Championship. Breaking down the course a little bit to glean some insights. But I can't really find anyone for Brookline to do that. It, it's sort of... It's not like it's an unknowable course. People know it. People have seen it before. You can read all about it. But it's not like guys are getting, you know, extra reps out there all the time with, you know, cat... like. It's not widely accessible to everyone, I guess is what I'm going to say. It's not a course that people see a lot.
3: Full disclosure, I c- certainly can't fake knowing anything about it. Yeah, All I've thought about is I'm not going to change from my PGA Championship US Open player profile, um, which is just like really they can hit it really long and they're great ball strikers and they're pretty goddamn accurate off the tee. And I'll I sort of worry about the other stuff after other than just standard U.S. Open player profile. I don't know anything in terms of a specific type I'm supposed to be looking for based on on um, Brookline. I don't have a clue. I haven't even seen it pop up on Golf Channel in old events. Maybe it has. But like in my surfing, I just haven't even caught it yet. So I'm naked. I I watched like a, a, a half a flyover the other day and got bored. So that's that. That's where I'm at, Pat.
2: I, I haven't done the fly. I, I'll do the flyover this week, I suppose. I'll probably have the, anyone wants to contact me. Like someone, I don't want like, hey, I know a guy who's played at this course. Get him on the show. I tried that once. That was not helpful whatsoever. Very bad show. So never going back to that again. But if anyone out there who actually does know the course uh, and has familiarity with the yardage books or a USGA setup or someone a bit on the inside, hit up. Experience at gmail.com or just tweet at me and we'll we'll talk it through to see if we can get something out there. Otherwise, I'm doing the flyover. I'm doing the breakdown and I've had a lot of success with that at majors in the past. So maybe that's what I'll go back with. Did you hear about the new PME schedule for the rest of the year? I'm going to take that as a lie
3: about being knowing anything about Brookline and I ain't going to lie about knowing
2: the new schedule. So I'm getting rid of the Tuesday DraftKings pick show for golf. Okay. Tambo being in studio and people really liking that show, myself included, and you know how a dynamic is just so much better when people are in person. Take you and I, for example. People say this show has been horrible since we stopped doing the show in person. I disagree with that because I think we have a good familiarity and we're comfortable with one another. But there, I mean, you were talking over me in studio anyway, so I don't think that really changed all that much. But it feels like that show has now become a bit redundant in terms of we talk about exactly the same thing, except for on Wednesday, we just have better information to go off of. We know the weather. We know better ownership projections. We know what we want to do, and we can take live uh, questions from the audience. So that's going to remain noon Eastern time this week. Major week is going to be exactly the same. It's going to be balls to the wall golf every single day. No worries about that for the U.S. Open and the Open Championship. What I'm thinking that we're going to do is after that, uh, after we come out of U.S. Open week on Wednesdays, we're going to start doing the live chat, I think either at 9 or 9.15 a.m. Eastern time so people can still hop in on the live chat but still have the entire day to download the podcast and go through everything i just didn't want to it really felt like i was talking about the same thing twice And I was talking about it with better information the second time around. And I was warmed up after having talked about it for an hour anyway. I feel like it wasn't necessarily doing people a disservice, but I don't think that having both of the shows was an enhancement at the same time. And listen, I still do the research show, I still do this show, and I'm going to do that show. Plus, I have all the other supplemental content, like the newsletter, the article, all of that stuff that... It's a necessary sacrifice for this time of year because football is coming back. I know that some people don't give a shit about football, but there's way more people who do give a shit about football, and I got to get that audience, Jeff. I totally get it. I know who you're recording with later today, and I love those shows. Yeah, so... That'll be Tuesday and Thursday, I think, this week. I think we'll we'll record back-to-back and maybe do some 40-minute shows. I just did two with Sealy uh, the past two weeks, like getting everyone caught up on what's going on, because I know a lot of people aren't really in on it right now, but I just got the, the DK best ball ADPs sent to me, so we can really dig into the fantasy side of this, and then I'm going to start having on more futures-type people to talk about the odds. I think Levitan's going to come on in the not-too-distant future, so it's a good time to, especially for in-season football, that – you know, test out a few new people to see who we have a good dynamic with. It's not like me, you and Tim are going anywhere. That's going to remain the same. But we got other shows to piece together. I'm thinking about a trying to actually do the Sunday night show this year in terms of NFL, like right after the late slate of games. Talk about it then. So that show was available for the evening. That show is available for the morning. I think that's like – and try to make it a fun show. Like Cam and Pizzola last year was such a fun show. I think everyone really enjoyed it. I loved – Doing the show as much as I love doing the show with you and Tim. I'd like to find a Sunday version of that show because Monday morning, everyone's a fucking write off.
3: (laughs) I totally agree. Uh, Sunday mornings. also, Yeah. People are raring to go Sunday mornings for their for their content.
2: Yeah. As well. I,
3: I feel like those can be tricky. Also.
2: I, um. I, I, I stepped away from the Sunday morning last year because I was like, eh, I just don't feel like doing it. But I might bring it back this year and not even do a show, like legitimately do a 30-minute live chat from my house and be like, all right, let's go. You got questions? Fire away. And I will try to answer them for you. But it was going to be a Sunday night show. So, like, right after the final whistle, before Sunday Night Football, start recording. We can have Sunday Night Football on in here as we're recording the show and kind of talk about it. But just go over the week. Have the recap show. Because I know that I'm always looking for shows, like, during the Sunday nighter that I can just kind of have on. It's like, oh, what I miss this week? Uh, or, I mean, I'm, I'm watching all the games. I didn't miss much. But... That sort of sentiment, like I like to hear other people talk about it at the same time to see what they saw meshes up with me. So uh, thank you for having this content meeting with me uh, midway through the golf show this week for our National Open, which it's pretty exciting it's back, isn't it? Super exciting it's back. Um, In my own biased
3: way, I guess this is my favorite run of golf of the year. To go PGA uh, Championship, sure, the Schwab, but then the Memorial into the Canadian Open, which is just a true bias And it um, continues to stay in my backyard uh, around the corner. And then another major next week. So I'm super fired up. This is a really awkward field. It's like so top-heavy and then no middle ground. Um, So the betting tier we like to bet on, which hasn't really been successful this year, is evaporated this week. Maybe that's a good thing. And the players that do find themselves in that tier are you know, you're you're paying a much shorter price than you you normally do. I'll end this comment though, Pat, by saying I think we're on like a long run now of the weeks before our majors are truly going to not great players. Um now, granted, KH Lee won, and I think second, third, and fourth place were Speith, Thomas, and Hideki. So it is always a fine line. But, you know, this year we've gotten Spe uh, uh Spawn and KH Lee and wouldn't be shocked if this week is is any different at all.
2: When Simply Safe Home Security founders Chad and Eleanor Lauren designed their first security system in their kitchen, they did it for a very personal reason. Their friends had just had their home broken into. They were struggling to find a security system that was easy to set up and use, offered reliable, comprehensive protection, and with service plans that were flexible and affordable. So they created Simply Safe so they could feel safe again. Making people safe is what Simply Safe has been doing ever since that moment 15 plus years ago. Simply Safe has highly trained security experts ready whenever you need them, whether that's during a break in, a fire, medical emergency, or even when you're just setting up the system. There's always someone there who has your back to keep you safe and make sure you feel safe. As my listener, you can claim a free indoor security camera plus save 20%. On your Simply Safe security system and get your first month free with interactive monitoring service. Visit SimplySafe.com slash Mayo to customize your system and start protecting your home and family today. Again, that's simplysafe.com slash mayo. S-I-M-P-L-I-S-A-F-E dot com slash mayo. You're listening to me, you're probably not the smartest person going. That's why you've got to check out Titan. As everyday investors, the cards have been stacked against us. We've been given access to this marketplace of stocks, but we're competing against institutional investors with unlimited resources. We're simply told to invest in the S&P 500 and be happy with the conservative average. With Titan, you get access to similar strategies to those in the 1% without having to be ultra-wealthy or pay hefty fees. All it takes is $100 to get started. Deposit your money, select which of their portfolios you want to invest in, and that's it. And now Titan's bringing their knowledge and expertly managed crypto portfolio. Let their team, who eats, sleeps, and breathes crypto, probably not good for your lungs, do the research and invest in this fast-growing asset class for you. Titan aims to grow your investments at least 15% annually net of fees, which means doubling your net wealth every single five years. I haven't had a chance to try Titan yet, but I have to say, sounds pretty awesome. Check out Titan if you want to aim to become the smartest, wealthiest investor you've ever been. So head to Titan.com/slash Mayo to get $50 when you invest with Titan. You must go to this URL or you will not get that $50. They won't know that we sent you. That's $50 when you go to Titan.com/slash Mayo and invest with Titan. This is a paid partnership with Titan. At the time of this publication, I am not yet invested in Titan strategies. I really like this part of the schedule as well. I think it's the best part of the schedule throughout the course of the year. I like the parts of the early schedule basically from Farmers through Phoenix. Yeah, well, I mean, that's that's a part of it. But Farmers is first. It's like Farmers <laughs> through Players or even Valspar, I think, is really or to the Masters, let's say. But that Masters of the PGA Championship, like, Whoa. we might as well take a month off next year because that was besides yeah. the heritage, it's fucking horrible.
3: <laughs> yeah, uh, it could The PGA could definitely take a week off after the Masters. They'll never do it, uh, but they definitely could.
2: I'm good with the Heritage, staying the week after the Masters. That's fun. But have like a two-week break after that. Like, I, I don't know how much more I ever need to see of the Zurich Classic.
3: You aren't wrong but there's a machine and
2: I get it I get it we got capital it's like you know it's like money. when we –
3: no but I'm like one of those guys like can't we just make 162 games like 150 148 <laughs> like can't we do that can't we you know, so yeah no where we all agree I think we all we all um we all agree
2: after the US Open. I actually like this stretch in between as well. Like you got travelers, I really like travelers. John Deere is after that. That's always kind of a fun one. And then we get the Scottish Open, which is a PGA event this year, the week before. Plus, there's always some good Euro tournaments that pop up in between as well when guys start gravitating and uh immigrating over to Europe to get acclimated with the time zones, the link style play. Like you have the Irish Open the week before the Scottish Open. So that's always fun as well. Then it culminates, and then we're back into like Detroit and Wyndham and the th- 3M in the FedEx Cup, which is pretty eh when it comes down to it. But this week at the Canadian Open, you mentioned it. It's 5 of the top 10 in the world. I think it's 12 of the top 25, and then no one else. And the odds really reflected. That was the first thing that I kind of gravitated gravitated towards when i saw the DraftKings sportsbook odds come out the three guys were, were in the single digits i don't think that can sustain itself but even the next tier down like when i tried to guess the sh- guess the odds on the research show i thought it would be like 8 10 12 or 9 11 12 something like that with the top three guys and then there would be a drop off to like 20 for fitzpatrick and lowry all the way down to 25 i knew connor's would be overvalued coming into the week but like a lot of these numbers on the mid-tier guys i i actually think like when you look at Scheffler at seven thomas at seven rory at eight now there are other numbers out there that you can find but i think that those are better numbers than lowry at 16 and fitzpatrick at 16 honestly
3: i would have to agree with that i don't really have a take at the top yet i'm not saying i wouldn't bet one of them
2: I do. I I just
3: haven't made a. I'm not prepared as we speak right now to decide which one of them is going
2: to do it either. Um. I I have a strong inkling that Rory is going to dominate this field.
3: Well, I would have said if I had to power rank them, I think I would make him number one. Um, and yeah, and as I joked last week, Pat, we got the DJ news. Like I am, I am hoping for. This is like clearly an optimism. I don't know anything. And this would be a huge get. I am like really hoping for a Justin Rory or Scheffler team RBC announcement this week. Like I am hoping you lose a big guy in free agency, whatever you want to call it. Like you just go sign someone else. Who's wicked immediately with those monies. Uh, and I think it'd be great to see that happen this week. Even Sam Burns, although like these shirts pretty loaded these days. Um, uh, yeah. So there, there's that part. But yeah, I would power rank Rory number one here. I think he's got good vibes. Uh, it's not exactly the course type you would think you want to bet Rory at.
2: See, I see. I disagree because but
3: no. But I, I, I'm here for it. And the way he took apart Hamilton,
2: yes, like. That- I could do this. I could do that. Even at TPC Potomac earlier this year, which I think is going to be a pretty analogous course to how this ends up playing. Epat was out there. I think he played with Canadian European tour member, DP World Tour member, Austin Cocknell. I think that's his name and the rough no, if- i think dp played on a ep played a media day and then Cockrell responded to a tweet about some
3: guys that were asking about guys who were out there last week if the rough is still as thick and cockerel let them know it is gnarly out there so it i is gnarly
2: i really like this i think that the canadian open we really were like Ooh, when it got moved the week before the u.s open we thought like this is basically the death knell of the world's third o- oldest open championship but This placement on the schedule is so much better than that stupid September one that this actually worked out really well, especially if they do set it up with not necessarily U.S. Open conditions, but something that somewhat mimics it. And I think that's what they're doing this year at St. George's. Now, they're playing at your home course next year. Is there any way that they can, like, jury rig it up that it can play like that? Because it doesn't feel like they can.
3: Uh oh, they could let it they can make it thick, they can they can run the greens. There are things they can do, but I guess yeah, they'd have to make it narrower and they'd have to just let the grass grow um a real long time in and around the greens. And much like this week, it's a classical Stanley Thompson tree line design. We're gonna have a whole year. The year the year calendar starts today. It is super exciting. Um, we 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 will we'll have time to talk about that in the future i'll probably maybe even bring it up to an annoying extent over the year but um yeah i i don't have any doubt about it and i hope they try to keep this trend of following the u.s open like putting it in locations which makes it easy to travel to also pat didn't Scheffler and thomas win oh no thomas didn't win his start before um The major, but he played fantastic. So we have two elite players that won and I think came top three in their starts before the majors. And this new like wave of younger player, I think looks at the week before majors way differently than elite players did 10, 15 years ago. Like they're like, I catch fire and I keep in fuego. So let's let's go. Like let's get fire and let's bring fire into a major. Not like try to Hit fire at the major. Let's bring fire into the major is what it seems like this new generation of players mindset is um, leading into the big events.
2: I think that actually makes sense. And so many of the majors were dominated by Tiger for 20 years, and he just wasn't going to play the week before a major. That didn't matter to him.
3: Well, he's mentally strong enough and so many. Yeah, you're right. You're true. Tiger has warped everything. (laughs) Everything. What do you think people listen? His behavior was disgusting, but there's people like this, like John Rahm. like there's this tribe. Tiger ruined everything for I don't mean ruined everything. He made everything magical, but he warped. He warped people's
2: minds on what is supposed
3: to happen.
2: When I was looking into Brookline for the U.S. Open, I came across a thing where Arnold Palmer lost in the eighteen-hole playoff, three of five years at the U.S. Open without winning one of them. One of them was at Brookline, and he he had won six majors before uh, the, the nineteen sixty-three at Brookline. But could you imagine? Like, because then he went, I think, another five years without winning a major, six years, something like that. Just the discussion around Arnold Palmer. If it was now, it'd be like the guy sucks now. Like he comes second at every major. What a loser! I <laughs> I tweeted it as a joke, but. Over, under
3: on Scotty Scheffler sucks tweets are four and a half
2: months. Yeah. D- I mean, speaking of that, does Morikawa suck now? I- I've seen them. <laughs> he he was having real problems around the greens at Memorial.
3: Don't worry, Pat. I saw there's a guy created his Twitter account in May, 2022 to let you know. Cam Smith sucks <laughs> yesterday. Did he let me know or let you know? He let both of us know, but I didn't bet him. I don't know like okay. I, I,
2: I did bet him. Um yeah, but... No,
3: I don't even know if he was trolling a bet, but I'm just like oh, what what do you like whatever? I don't
2: I don't I don't know. Imagine having to start a burner account just to say that. Like, I know, I'm watching it. Like, I, I can definitely see that. I did the research show in the morning where I went through with what he was doing was unsustainable, and I had no faith that he would end up coming back. If anything, he would probably end up going the other way because he couldn't hit a drive, he couldn't hit an iron, it was chipping in every third hole. What happened? Yeah, like r- Keith well, Mitchell. What, what, what ha- happened to Keith Mitchell? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what happened to Adam? Oh, man, Cameron Young got a case of the bads on Sunday.
3: Yeah, listen, I make fun. I'm not really part of Thursday morning golf Twitter, but T's and P's to Team Cam Young, who, like... It's over. Victory lap. Victory lap did. It's... I don't know. The golf's so cruel. Betting it is so cruel. You just gotta... I don't know. Billy moved on moving day. That's what mattered. And he held and he made the par putts on Sunday. So that's how you
2: win. You move Uh,
3: on moving day, you make the par putts Sunday.
2: User of Keegan Bradley every single week on DraftKings, Paul Shaughnessy, came sixth in the Pat Mayo Experience DraftKings contest. Cam Young blew you up? Cam Young getting uh, plus 12 was (laughs) suboptimal for uh, riding my way all the way up to the top. But sixth place was not so bad. It was a winning week on DraftKings. And Keegan, of course, as I told people on the uh, the Wednesday show with Tambo, you play Keegan. Just play Keegan every week? When it's hard. It's hard. Okay, how do you think this course ends up playing, Jeff? I saw minus 14, minus 15 was Epats' prediction. I was kind of around there, too, because that's what Hamilton would have played to, but Rory went nuclear and won at minus 22. The next closest guy was minus 14. So... <laughs> I would say that the minus 14 is probably the winning number most of the time at that course, unless Rory just decides to show up and shoot 60 on a Sunday, which we've seen him do over the past 10 years, yeah, like I'm, once or twice a year, not once or twice a year, like once every two years.
3: I'm going to be a little more um, scoring friendly, Pat. Uh, you just don't need to be very long. Shot makers could pinstock it. We're, we've had some rain I'm going to say closer to 18, 19. I think the PGA tour, um, well, it benefits, I guess, someone who lives where I live and personally next year benefits me greatly. We see it in Dallas with the course selections. Uh, they just want to be in Dallas. They don't want to go to some Epic course. That's like a a drive or somewhere far away from the Metro Dallas area. This is like a commitment. It looks like tour wide, maybe by sponsors or this core i don't yeah so i think it's gonna be flirting with 20 um this week and that's just you know the course is great it's classical you know but it doesn't have um i think there's just the pros is the pros so they're gonna they're gonna get it they're gonna get it
2: okay i have no idea what any of that means but um it's in, they're not going to these, say, you, going say, to
3: these you, most difficult courses. They like to go to the courses that are just low, nice courses, very nice courses located in Toronto, um, in proximity. And the same reason that these courses they keep going to in the Dallas area. And I'm sure there's people that live in around Dallas in that area can find 25 better, harder courses that could actually challenge the guys, but no, they want to be 15 minutes from like downtown Dallas.
2: I, I am 100% with you. Like Even Oakville for Glen Abbey, I mean, it's not a trek by any means, but it's not in the city center. This is in the city center, as is Oakdale's is going to be next year. Royal Montreal is a bit on the outskirts of Montreal, but that's easy to get to uh, when they have the President's Cup there. I assume that's why that's not I was just looking for the Canadian Open rotation. Like, the best course that they have played in the past 20 years was the year that it was at Shaughnessy in BC. Yes, but They were just like, yeah, fuck BC. We're not going back out there. And I guess it makes sense. You can keep all the infrastructure in Toronto. There's the most people in toronto you're making it fan friendly it's easy for the tv crews to get up from wherever they're going it's just across the border you would
3: you would hope a california u.s open could bring them back to bc though
2: but it hasn't happened
3: no no but i'm hoping the can i'm hoping the schedule you're right it hasn't for the reasons i just spoke about like they're already they've committed two events to my club oakdale 23 and 26 i don't know where the u.s open is in 26 probably not on the east coast um so that isn't that hasn't been their at least initial strategy that was the strategy i had hoped is that the canadian open would try to geographically locate itself as close to the u.s open that year as they could um they're not taking my advice
2: i guess with travel being the way it is that it's not overly yeah. difficult that it doesn't really matter because it's like playing the west coast u.s open and then the guys just hop on a play and play the travelers in new england the, the week after that this is a nice little like upper northeast run here buy sell hold sell more it's fun pretending to be a hot shot 80s stock trader in reality i know basically nothing about trading or investing and just need a place to put my extra money so it grows People like me are why Wealthfront exists. The secret to Wealthfront's performance is great software. It's built to be made easy, rewarding, and yes, even delightful to build your long-term wealth. Wealthfront's automated trading optimizes your portfolio based on your own risk settings, helping you reach your financial goals without lifting a finger. They also get you automatic tax breaks that can boost your returns even when the market dips, kind of like a bonus coupon you can redeem at tax time. You can go with Wealthfront's expert-built portfolios, including socially responsible option that's designed around sustainability, diversity, and equity, or build your own portfolio with your curated selection of funds. Wealthfront is trusted with over, get this, 27 billion dollars in assets, helping nearly half a million people build their wealth. And Investopedia just named them their best robo-advisor of 2022. Pretty amazing considering, here's not even halfway over yet, right? To start building your wealth and get your first $5,000 managed for free for life, go to wealthfront.com/mayo. That's W E A L T H F R O N T dot com slash Mayo to start building your wealth. Go to wealthfront.com slash mayo to get started today. And just go back to the odds for a second, who really sticks out to you? Because I was looking at Patrick Reed. Like, doesn't this feel like a very Patrick Reed course?
3: Uh yeah. 65 to 1 yeah. on DraftKings right now.
2: Yeah, that's a that's a uh, consider- Shot maker can
3: considering- can get his way out of the thick greenside hosel. Very few guys have caught my attention. only one has caught my early money, not Patrick Reed, but I totally like Patrick Reed if you consider Reed went off at Memorial at fifty five to one uh this is actually a really strong I don't wanna say strong number this is a number that makes um an, a fair nice betting move I would suggest
2: as I mentioned on the research show, I like Rory and I like Lowry. I don't like eight to one and sixteen to one. you give me like twelve and twenty five twelve and twenty two. All of a sudden, I think it's a little bit of a different story, and those might be my two bets this week. Like, the 65 Rory on... Rory Pat- and who? Rory and Lowry. I think this is a very good... Lowry. I see a 20 on Lowry out there. I see a 10 on Rory. Like, we're getting close to the numbers that I want, so that's not horrible. I think this is a... If you miss the fairway at this course, you're going to be in big trouble. It, that's the way that it seems. Like, it's going to be a precision track that you're going to be... Listen, Carl Peterson shot a 60 on this course when he won in 2010, the last time that it was here. Scoring is available. It just it feels like it can go the other way as well. That's why I was thinking about Potomac as a weird one, as a comp, the one that they played earlier this year when Max Homa ended up winning, beat Keegan, beat Rory, that whole collection of guys. Somewhere where we really like Corey Connors. But... It's just, you're going to make a fair share of bogeys at this course if you miss the fairway. It's just, if you're missing the fairway, it's going to be difficult to rebound. Now, that can work out one of two ways. One, the Bombers are going to have a significant advantage, a la Bryson did, at Wingfoot, where they're just like, if it's really difficult to hit fairways because they're thin and you're going to be off the fairway, you might as well just miss them as deep as possible and at least have the strength to get it out with a wedge, pop it up, and you'll end up being fine. If not, like, you're looking at your... I mean, it's weird that Abraham answer isn't here, but he would be like the type of player that I would want, I think. And I think that Reed, now that he has no PXG in his bag anymore, improved the accuracy a little bit that the rest of his game can take over. We know that he's played long, hard, thick, rough courses well in the past. How about a shorter, thick, rough type course? I think that could work out.
3: I do agree. I am still expecting, though, someone to shot make the shit out of this place, Pat. Just plot it out there in the fairway. They don't. They can club down, and they can just go berserk with irons. Now that's a recipe at a lot of places. That is a truly an Abe answer. uh, You know, can work perfectly on that Abe answer player profile. So I totally agree with you in that in that respect. I do worry for the elite play. It could turn into a goddamn putting contest. Or you just think there's too much. Uh, thickness for that sort of situation.
2: I, I mean, obviously, someone who puts well is going to do well. That's not a, a groundbreaking type of argument to make, but I do think that tee to green is going to be tested. Probably less of an emphasis on distance, more of an emphasis on accuracy. But those like mid irons to wedges, chipping and putting. If you end up missing, like if the, there's so many bunkers protecting so many of these greens, and with the rough being so thick, that a Patrick Reed type, like this would have been a really good Spieth course. It feels to me.
3: There's so many guys I've thought about I wish were here. Uh Woodland, who's played a few Canadian opens. Alex Norin, who I've watched yeah. do the the Norin grind session on the range in real in person. It's insane. Um you could walk nine holes, come back, he'd still be doing the same thing he was when you left. <laughs> Psychotic. But it'd been a perfect place for an Alex Norayan.
2: Or, nor, nor nor no no ren. Would... yeah no no ren <laughs> uh
3: alex norren and and as like we kind of alluded to in some of the earlier conversation we had chris kurt like just pops uh because he profiles that exact same sort of way but you know it's there's the squeeze the squeeze is being made on our kirks our Munozes, uh that that group of of player am i tempted because i gave him a real nice compliment a few
2: weeks ago pat
3: is justin rose ready
2: his everything besides his driving was ready last week at memorial but that just took him out of contention that if he can dial it back a little bit hit some fairways the rest of his game looks pretty primed and we know that he's been a very good u.s open style player over the years that maybe he can figure that part of it out i you kind of buried the lead here you've bet on someone already tell me why you bet harold verner 22 to 1 42 oh okay it's 22 at DraftKings sportsbook right now
3: <laughs> yeah that's i don't know what like who what were who they worried about coming to bet varner they're, they're worried about uh, you they're worried about you no okay here's the thing i bet the 42 because i saw a 22 but i didn't know the 42 would even was a good number it was still that early in the board's releasing process i'm like is this number good or is that number just horrible Seems like the forty-two is going to be top of market. This is me. I am. Just, I, I. I keep saying I think someone's going to shot make the shit out of it.
2: Then, if always, the, if, the, if that's the case, then take Justin Thomas.
3: Yeah, I maybe I do. I don't know, but betting Varner at forty because I'm weak. I am weak. I don't. I don't think it's like I can make worse bets. It's. it's it, I can go in front of forty and bet any super elite. I can just make a card of back. It doesn't change how I want to build a card. Making my move at forty two on a player I'm a sucker for. Um, you know, I was talking, and this is like the most pathetic thing ever. My buddy's wife asked me who I thought was going to win the Canadian Open this week because she's going on Sunday with my buddy, as they do every year. There's a lot of people who I'm friends with do it's Canadian open it's in our freaking backyard and I said Harold Varner I'm so I don't know why I'm committed to I bet him last week he had the lead on 10 and then he 10 or got a 10 so I'm just still in I'm just still in I don't there's nothing scientific about it
2: okay so I don't think 22 to 1 is a very good value on Harold
0: that is
3: insane (laughs) Shane Lowry's 20 what's well you
2: Shane Lowry's 16 like that's insane no Varner these numbers have to drop like I I see a 20 on Hatton at DraftKings Sportsbook in comparison with the market Hatton is 28 at another spot you can boost that up to 33 if you want like doesn't this kind of seem like a Tyrell Hatton course The, the approach play has been pretty good lately like if I if I want to get some extra juice like what's a better number Hatton at 33 or Lowry at 22
3: so I was going to say, oh, 33 is, is really nice. Uh, I was looking at 28s on Hatton and thought that was as fair as um, a number under 30 to 1 this week. So Hatton, 33 to 1 with how this week profiles in my head. Yeah, I do think that's um, fine. He's kind of been all over the map lately, but. Sure. He was I very- also agree with something else Epat said. I think. Like, on the concept, this wouldn't mark out as, like, a good U.S. Open prep course, but I do believe you can find yourself in some situations that are actually um, very potentially could help you in the U.S. Open. Now, I don't think you're going to have, like, 190 yards in on a par four. Like, I don't mean like that, but I mean just some, like, thick – luscious wet rough off the fairway around the greens it's been raining here the courses look beautiful um so i have no doubt st george is in as great a condition as it's been in in forever
2: right now trying to figure out yeah hatton i think that heritage might be a good look for this spot with like the overall low scoring, like where that scoring is going to be. This does seem like it's going to be thicker in the rough, like you mentioned. So I'm just trying to like grasp my mind around that. It's just such a difficult week with the names at the top being so short that if it was up to me, it would be Rory, it would be Lowry, CT Pan, maybe Patrick Reed. I, I do like Pan, though. But I, I think Pan you, sets you, up great here.
3: You could blindly, like, the look at the run of the last people winning the week before a major. You can make a case like I'm just betting 50 and back. And if I get got by a guy at 10 to one, I get got. It's a compelling argument. See like that? the week before a major brings out the weirdest shit. Like it had, just look at it. Do we think I one is like second ever start in North America the week before the U S open last year.
2: So bet Hogard, Hogard, yeah. we can Bet Hogard, Is he go back in the field? He he kind of sucked me back in with some nice play at, uh, I don't know, just Harry Higgs. He's in the field. You,
3: yeah, no, he goes not in the field. I don't, like, if Danny Willett has life, I don't know if, you know, if it turns into a bit of a scoring party. It's the only reason I'm tempted to, to head over there on Tuesday
2: or Wednesday, but. Patrick Rogers at 200 to 1 on DraftKings Sportsbook is a really good number for Patrick Rogers. He's 80 to 1 in other places. And when I did the research show, he really did pop out. And he's someone who's actually like done okay in U.S. Opens. And it's not California POA, it's Northeast POA, but that does seem to be his preferred putting surface, if nothing else. What do you do with the Canadians here? Because no Canadian has won this event since 1954. Pat Fletcher.
3: Fade. I would. Wait. I don't think people realize if they have any memory. I think Hearn was in one of the final couple groups a few years ago. We 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 will treat this like it's the Masters. A Canadian would be. I think a Canadian is screwed. I don't know that a Canadian is good enough to win this.
2: I think it depends on who it is. Like I think that Connors has the weight of winning on him right now. The only one who's ever come close. Being the guy was weird when he lost in the playoff at Clon Abbey. I
3: tried to give it to him. Oh. Cam talks about it. Cam was there. Cam was a volunteer that week. He has a great VJ story that's, I don't, it's not appropriate for, for, <laughs> for, for air at all because it could result in a lawsuit. That's how, like, whoa, whoa, like he said that. Um, but, but. Yeah, it's almost like VJ tried. VJ is a multiple masters champion, was so successful. Him and Weir are very good friends. That's not even a secret. um That like VJ like wanted, almost did all he could to let Weir win the Canadian Open. Weir still couldn't win it. Still couldn't win it. I'm not seeing a Canadian win it. If you put a gun in my head, I guess Corey Connors because he's the best one. But I don't care, man. Look.
2: No. I would say Had Hadwin had a run at Shaughnessy. I think he came fourth. Hearn was in that final group with Jason Day the year that won and Hearn played great, but Jason Day was in the middle of his that was his run when he won the PGA championship. He was just he won like five times in seven starts. He was untouchable at that moment. I, I with the way this course profiles, why not Mackenzie Hughes? Yeah. I get it. You're kind of
3: betting um
2: yeah, And like everything it, Connors does well, Svensson does well. Like they're good ball strikers who can't putt. But one of them is 10 times the odds of the other one.
3: I don't know, Pat. I'm going. I'm heading over to my course for the Monday Quali. When we're done here, maybe your buddy Etienne Pepinot will will qualify, and you'll get to talk about him on Wednesday.
2: Well, we need oh, Canadian. Well, there, well, there we go. We can get Etienne Pepineau in the field. He can win. Then he can win in another event, make the President's Cup team two years <laughs> from now, and then he can play in at Royal Montreal, and all would be solved with the world. All will be solved with the world. Because um, all, all we have right now is Jared Dutois. I don't even know if he's from Quebec or not. It's like Graham, when everyone thought it was Graham Dallet, and they thought he was from Quebec, but he's actually Graham Dallet from Saskatchewan. <laughs> so can I just,
3: like, I'm just going to run off some names, which can be really annoying, but, I don't know, plotters, shot makers that I think, like, might actually be decent this week. Um should get the proper number but guys like Aaron Aaron Rye and and Lipsky do anything for you on a shorter end like that I'm seeing Brendan Todd pretty high up there off a nice week a couple weeks ago he can keep it clean and get scorching with the putter like I don't think that's unfair
2: okay are you looking for a response for me on this or do you want to keep saying names like do you have? No, do you I'm have just any, looking for a guy any, like great
3: any, approach. Any like guys? In,
2: do you have any interest actually in any of these guys?
3: Yeah, I do. Okay, Aaron Rice like shown up a ton this year.
2: Is that true, yeah. or you just remember that he had played at Torrey Pines? Well,
3: no, that's that's true. I think he's he's got some nice
2: results. What do you think his best results this year are? Well, you could fade it at the end, but not everyone could be Bo Hostler. He came sixth at the Farmers. He does not have a finish better than twenty fourth anywhere else since. That was at the Mexico Open. Brennan Todd. Todd Todd's your biggest number on him. Uh let's see. Where is Todd? Todd's biggest number sixty six to one. Ew, You don't like that. Uh, hundred to one at DraftKings Sportsbook. That's a good number, I guess. Yeah, see
3: that's not um horrible you know what i'm just saying like i'm not looking at the cameron champ types i'm looking at those other type of bodies
2: what if if we're thinking canadian like svenson at 250 to one Like if you just wanted to have a rooting interest in it but someone who putts really well on poa can drive the ball really well has been heating up on his approach nick taylor is 130 to one
3: okay i'll give you i like svenson over all of them over all of them. Okay. But you know who could shine here, Pat? I'll suck up to you. Find the biggest number possible. Luke List, 66 to 1. I'm not anti that. Um, you can just keep it, you know, going perfectly straight and stick it to five feet. But your boy, Doug Gim, The Reaper. Like, has he been on a an icebox lately? Because... He's a sort of like just little shot maker keeping it clean that I, I think I would finally like around this place.
2: I I do like Gim and how he profiles. I, I just see Johnny uh, is also 180 to one right here. I actually think his skill set profiles pretty well, if he can play like John, huh? If Gim was playing like Gim was last year, I would say yes. But he just keeps – he's pulling a – he's like the low-rent Tommy Fleetwood right now. He has, like, one really good round and then a horrendous round following it. He just can't sustain any sort of consistency, and that's not going to be a good attribute for St. George's this week.
3: No, it is not.
2: Like, Tyler Duncan – I'm not betting Tyler Duncan, but that profile type. Adam Long, Tyler Duncan. I mean, if Chuck Hoffman was in better form, it would actually be very nice for him, I think. If Grillo was informed, form. Grillo's playing better than you think he is recently. Starting to, starting to come out of I'm it. I'm
3: happy for him. But is this? Yeah. I don't think he's. Well, I'm not betting him. Rather bet Steven Yeager.
2: Yeager bombs. So I don't know. I don't know, I, I how, he, to, I don't know how to bet the sport either. Like Fitzpatrick. I, am I betting a super elite
3: with Varner and Reed? Yeah, I I think like go away like I'm done. Matt Wallace just for
2: FOMO. How do you go three years straight of Tony Finau being 18 to 1? Now he's 30 to 1 against like. uh, I honestly forgot he was here. Finau, Munoz, Hadwin, Kirk are all like in a little pocket. I I don't understand the 50 to 1 on Kirk. Isn't Kirk like 35 to 1 most weeks and now he's 50 to 1 at a course that should suit his eye a little bit? Why did you pocket Finao, Munoz, and Kirk? Because they're all in that like on draft they're 30 to 1, 45 to 1, 50 to 1. And Hadwin's also 45. They're the only four guys in between 30 and 50. Yeah, I don't
3: mind Finao. He came on at the end of Charles Schwab. He always sucks me, the goddamn fucker sucks me in always. And is this a Finao course? His driving's been hurting him. Maybe not driving is a good thing. Yeah, he
2: drew I mean he's been driving the ball fine recently but I, that's
3: been hurting him
2: like for like it's one of the reasons he's been struggling this year correct I, I mean a lot of it was chipping and putting like he went through a bad stretch from basically the american express through valero where he was consistently losing like a half stroke to you know a three-quarters of the stroke per round around the greens and then not putting his Tina Green seems to be solved. Like the ball striking seems to be back. He was horrendous at Wells Fargo in terms of approach, minus 7.7. 7, but that is a complete outlier with everything else that he's done. The driving does seem to be back. He has a se- he has a second and a fourth in two of his past four starts. I think I have to bet Tony Finau. Would you rather bet Finau or Hatton? Because I'd rather bet Hatton, I think. At a similar number.
3: Hatton was my favorite player at 30 to 1, and I don't know what is wrong with me. Um, I don't know. I don't know how I totally, like, missed Finau's name. It's usually the first name I see. That's the sick disease Harold Varner's put in my body. I don't even see Finau anymore. I go right to Varner, Pat.
2: Help me. Can't help you, pal. That's gonna to be tough. Munoz is right there too. I Munoz is a tricky one because Tricky. Tricky, but sneaky. Sneaky, very, very, because he can just
3: He does everything I want
2: this week. And
3: from the outright bet, like it's safer than probably rostering him in DraftKings or No,
2: I would anything. say the complete other way around. I think he's made eleven consecutive cuts and he spikes from time to time. Like he only has two top one top ten finish. Over that thread. Only one top 20 finish over that So stretch. he's
3: like taking that Siwoo profile and totally changed his, his vibe, eh?
2: I guess so. I mean, he just, he's. Remember when before Sung Jay won? Uh, oh, you're, you're blinking on me over here. You're, you're having a, a seizure out. Hopefully you can still hear me. Either way, I can hear you. Oh, that's great news. So remember Sung Jay going into the Honda Classic the year that he won? It was, oh, he's doing these three, th- these three things well, but he can't putt this week. And then he would putt really well. but was like, oh, he can't drive this week. Munoz's, like, stats look like that, where it's just one thing that he's not doing well over and over, uh, but it's not the same thing. So it's really tough to trust him at this deflated price. Like, you put him at 60, that's a much different story than him being 35 to 1. I, I think I'd rather have had one at 45, and I don't even like that number. So we haven't really come up with anyone that we like. So... Let's try to go. This is
3: going to be a week where someone whose number's deflated, like, "Ah, we don't like it. It's just, it's too short. Like, just sort of feels like that. That's very
2: prime to get us,
3: but. I don't care. I'll sure. just keep doing what I do.
2: Sure. So ideally, the way I would like to structure my card, we'll call this the quick picks because I actually don't have a wager in right now because I want to wait to see how, where these odds go. Because these are the odds that we're seeing on a Monday morning are not the odds that we're going to get by Wednesday. I'll have the final picks live with Tambo, 12 p.m. Eastern time. They'll be in the newsletter as well, and I'll probably tweet out some throughout the course of the week. But Rory Lowry Hatton. The Hatton odds, I like at 28. If I can get the 33, I will take that for sure. But I want to see Rory and Lowry come down a little bit. Like a 12 on Rory will be good enough for me. I need to get at least a 22, I think, on Lowry. um, Or ideally a 25 would be perfect. But I don't know if that's going to end up materializing. Down the board, now we can't... If I'm going to go with Rory at that steep of a price, I don't have much room to do much else. So that read, 65, Very nice. Pan, 80, I really like. I do like C.T. Pan a lot this week. And that 200 on Rodgers, I think, is a really good number. And then that leaves, like, List, who I have interest in at a short, more difficult, lower-scoring course. And then Nick Taylor and Svensson is like, hey, it's the Canadian Open. Let's go on some Canadians here. Maybe a top 10 is better for those guys. But they're 130 and 250 to 1. Those seem like deep odds for that sort of skill set that they possess for this style, of course. Why isn't Keegan Bradley here? I would bet Keegan Bradley this week.
3: Uh, Keegan Bradley there are a lot of guys that you would think could profile very well for this course Um, even Kevin Kisner Pat yeah you know he's all about listen next week 27th place is going to play fantastic this week third place is going to pay amazing I agree Um, so yeah there's a few obviously it's just people you know the US Open has their um, sorry You know, people have their own prep. So for me, the bets I have made, Varner 42 is in. The second we disconnect, I will be getting some of that Reed 65 because I've seen the market, and that seems great. And he's 55 to win Memorial last week. And I like Patrick Reed. When he wins, I don't even have to have money on him to feel like I want money. So imagine when he wins and I have money on him, how I feel. That'd be amazing. That'd be amazing. That might tweak some people in Canada and in the States. Oh, I love it so much. Uh, I do agree. Of the super, super elites, Rory is the pick du jour. Maybe JT, but Rory just, I'm a sucker for that one.
2: Trying to call it instead of JT keeping hot. I, we, we, hot we, we didn't even measure way. that. Scheffler had like a D-plus performance and almost won at Colonial. <laughs> yeah, he's amazing.
3: And he won his start before the U.S. Open. And what did he do with Byron Nelson He or the, the masters, which was match play. And yeah. he won. Um, he missed the cut at, at uh, Byron. No, no, he, he was at Byron. He played no, all- the one before the PGA. Yeah. He played all right. He was oh. 15th play great. Yeah. I don't know what to say. There's nothing to say. He's the best player in the world. Uh, I, I'm a loser who would just bet Rory instead of him, I guess. Me too. Uh, and then I like that uh, Hatton 33, Finau 30, um, low 20, Lowry. So I'd have to maybe make a decision there. So Varner I'm in on, Reed, I'm in on, and I like those four other players, but I won't be betting them all. The i want to make a card. And the, maybe I'd bet nothing and uh, just go farther back. But I like good players. I always like thinking good players – will win so i have a trouble just thinking i need to bet it like jj spawn or higo or kh leah will uh, it's hard for me it's, it,
2: it's funny spawn actually made i made a short list of like longer shots this week when i was doing the research shows i was going through of guys that just kind of stuck out spawn rogers ryan armor adam long johnny vegas patrick reed david Lipsky, your guy and keith mitchell but those keith mitchell odds are just ludicrous it feels like what was that 35 to one <laughs>
3: Yeah, there's some, apparently some early 60s out there.
2: I didn't I didn't see them. But, yeah, let's do one and dones. I thought I was going to get back into the mix last week, and then Cameron Smith just took a big dump on Sunday, so we actually tied Mito, who you had. Lowry did not come through for Cus, but Cus is still currently winning. I remain a million back. You're like $10,000 back, so this is your time to seize it right now if you want to. Who do you want to go with for the Canadian Open? I'll take Rory. Have you used Rory yet? You've used Rory already. You used Rory at the Masters. Oh, loser. Have I used Harold? You have not used Harold Varner. Well, yeah, we got to go Harold. HV3, you will find out who Tim's one and done is in the newsletter this week. So sub to it down in the description. That was the most response I've ever got to anything that's happened on the show, I think, was us not telling anyone who Cuss one and done pick was last week. Ask him! I'll have it in the newsletter on Wednesday evening once I send that out. So it's free to sub to. It's down in the description. And the Listener's League link is down there as well. Who can I use? I've used Cam Smith. I've used Lowry. Have I used Rory? Oh, I I, I did. I used Rory at. Where the hell did I use Rory at? The Genesis. Yeah, he was okay there, I suppose. I haven't used Scheffler yet. Maybe it's time to use Scheffler. I've used Lowry. I'd use Scheffler
3: now before he sucks in four months, Pat.
2: Yeah, before he's just absolutely brutal. Maybe before I'll he's say Morikawa dirt. Yeah, poor Morikawa. I hope he gets it back together. There's I don't know if he's injured. There's just something off about him. Not quite sure what the deal is with him. And it, it
3: only takes one spike to fix everything.
2: You know, we didn't even mention Sam Burns' name.
3: Uh, what am I supposed to yeah. He's a winner, and he can win any course. And and the week before major, the week after major, horrible field, amazing field. He just exudes like natural, boring winner. he's going to come for it. Um, but I'm not betting it because,
2: I don't know, which is not. I'll take Hatton as my one and done. Get him in there. Should take. I cuss. put it this way. Here's what, Cust watched the research show. I played golf with Cust last night and he was telling me that Patrick Rogers was probably going to be his one and done. <laughs>
1: now that he okay. knows who that
2: is yeah he does he does now because he watched the research show but i think he might be that, that's not an official pick by any means but i just thought that was kind of interesting poor cuss man he's getting worse as the season goes along he is we keep trying to tell him and it, it's hard because i've been in that place too when you're playing and it's not like any of us are any good but there's degrees of being good and being bad for what your baseline skill set is on the course but he is just like bad-talking himself. He enters the round predicting it's going to go poorly, and inevitably it gets worse and worse as the round goes along, and he's just just losing it. Just I've never seen him like it before. He's just lost all confidence on the course, which is something that he always had, and it always felt like I know it's not. You can't just fake the confidence on the course. But I feel does like does he get golf sad though? Yes, he's been golf sad. Like uh, each of the past- brings down people in the group too with him. Like no, his attitude. His attitude is we're trying to manage it as a group <laughs> as we're walking along. But it's I just feel bad for him. I, I just want to see him have a good. It feels like he's not having a good time playing anymore, and that's not where I want to be. <laughs> no, no. And he's seeing Come the two on. guys that he plays with all the time getting better now after, like, the first month. Like, we're better than we were last year because we're playing a little bit more. And he's going the other way. He's worse than he was last year somehow. He cussed himself, I guess. Yeah, he got to well, – you he, he hit, predicted a huge season. Well, he, <laughs> on the first tee yesterday, he hit the first shot. And he piped a drive, like, 300 – down the middle and he turns to me and the two guys that we're playing with he's like you guys want to do teams today me and pat against you two and like he was brimming with confidence oh. so i was like yeah sure we'll be a team don't worry about it um, and then like he okay approach shot uh, he misses the putt then he has like a six footer for par after the other guy's already in makes the par putt shooter mcgavin guns it into the hole and then he shot 106 oh <laughs> uh, yes tim really really blew the load on the first hole with the fist pumps the finger pointing very fired up hits one good shot it's like oh like let's play let's get some money on this right now he's fixed
3: yeah uh golf's the freaking best because just one sweet swing you're like okay i'm back but no no you'll be humbled in eight minutes don't worry pal
2: yeah so we had to uh we three of us took a nine on a par five the third hole it was uh it was rough treading until we got through like four or five holes and everything smoothed out but a quad on a power five is hard to do golf's hard yeah live tour odds yeah i got like eight minutes all right dj is uh, mine is plus 350 gooch is six louis is eight nah is 10 sergio's 10 matt jones is 16 horsefield's 20 oh burned is down to 25 now yeah, his number's been getting crushed all
3: morning. We talked about this Henny before. Henny was the over. Oh, man. Henny was up there, too. We uh, we missed the boat. Henny's there 40? Su- oh. There were such soft numbers. Henny was like 80 two hours ago. I should have paid more attention to this. Grace was higher up there. I really dropped the shat the bed. I didn't know what to make of it, though.
2: Shouldn't I just knew? Swafford at 60. Swafford is priced like he plays on the Asian tour, by the way
3: and they they opened dj at like 250 and have quickly bumped him to 350 um curious to see how he'll play after receiving the
2: full bag same as nah i, I guess in this field like louis gonna win yeah that's exactly what i was thinking too like eight to one on louis <laughs> is like not a number i would ever want to bet but maybe you lines you
3: just asked me to pick a winner right now like no like i, I honestly just pick louis it's yeah. so funny. It makes so much sense. I don't even know what the rules of the stupid tournament are. 54 holes. I think their shotgun starts. Oh, my That's God. That's
2: about all I know. I, I, when I went through the field the first time, there is a name that I did not realize who was in here and who was sitting at 150 to 1. Ta- uh, Tanihara Hara is back. Uh-huh. But I, I think actually Swafford at 66 is a really good number for this field. Like, why why is he behind Justin Harding and Sean Norris? He's won on the fucking PGA Tour this year.
3: (laughs) I don't know. This will be interesting. Are you going to tune in on Facebook? Yeah, I I tune in. I, I, I watch. I'm, listen, like, I don't, like, everyone out there, like, I'm disgusted by, you know, a lot of the things Saudi Arabia does, but I don't have, like, the outrage that some other people for it as a sports fan. Like I like when things get shaken up. I don't mind that golf needs a shake up. I think it's going to be an interesting summer, Pat. um You know, we got news this morning. Ricky's going. I guarantee you, they promised to whoa, pay. I,
2: I miss that. Is that actually true? Ricky's going.
3: Yeah, Ricky's going. What? Um, How was
2: that not the lead of the show? I didn't see that. I thought you knew and you no. wanted to put
3: it off to the end. No, I I'm didn't sorry. see
2: it. Oh, no, give give me your thoughts on And Rick- I swear Paul
3: said something to you as you sat in the chair. So I just thought you just I don't know, I thought you had a sorry, sorry? I swear I thought I heard Paul say it to you also.
2: Paul shaking his head. Before we no. went
3: on. Then I, give I me didn't a- even see Finao on the board. Rick maybe that that news rattled me. Um Yeah. Ricky's going, so they must have promised to pay out the Puma deal because I guarantee you Puma drops him.
2: Man, he has so many sponsors. Yeah, has well.
3: And I would go as far to say, this might sound crazy, Ricky's as big as DJ. Like I t- people care about Ricky as much, maybe more.
2: Okay, DJ's
3: so it- just a dull character who I love that he just walks like a tall glass of water and is incredible at golf.
2: I think this is one or two things that I don't quite understand about the fandom internationally. Because I think Canadian fandom and U.S. fandom are very similar, especially when it comes to golf. Is DJ, because Ricky's a huge star in the golf world, but is he more of an American star than an international star? And would DJ trump that? Because I would almost agree with you that Ricky going over just based on pure popularity, by far the most popular and biggest get they get yes paul and now jeff can bet ricky and we won't mock him because yeah. there's nobody in the field can you price ricky in this field because i, that's I what, don't think he, is he playing? playing in a u.s open quality this this week so okay. he's still so he's not in this event no so it doesn't seem like these guys have to miss majors does it <laughs>
3: It doesn't seem so, and not nah took the proper approach. That if you're just not a member of the PGA Tour, what yeah, there's do? a lot that's, that that um, you know they can't really sue you. And the other majors, the USGA doesn't want a legal fight, saying a top 18 player who's a free agent can't play in the U- U.S. Open or a top 50 player, a player who's qualified. Like that's not worth the USGA's time. I, I don't think. And the PGA Tour can't discipline guys who are no longer members. So that seems like a move. And Live Tour has apparently assured these guys they'll pay for any legal fees from it. So I don't know. It's going to be an interesting summer, Pat. I think we're going to see more names. You start, like, I don't know. You know, uh, like, how's his buddy Duffner not there? Where's, you know, Kuchar didn't pay a caddy how's he not going
2: yeah why well, I, so, I, I, as db pointed out we did that twitter space that's on the feed right now if people want to go back and listen to it uh but it's audio only but it's up on youtube in the podcast feed but he's like where is kisner in all of this that guy only cares about money
3: yeah exactly this ain't love it ain't no hobby it's a fucking like it's a job so you're right i think everyone does feel like they're just waiting to see a like how deep the backlash goes what exactly happens there's no rush if you're Kevin Kisner. You can join in a month, you can join in two months, you can join in six months. I think they're always you're the opportunity to take a top 50-60 player in the world, their arms are always going to be open um, to. Uh yeah. And in closing, like all this really does, Pat, is solidify my thought that the champions tour is going to be given Tigers going to have a an ownership stake in that tour an equity stake. It's going to like be renamed his tour.
2: Yeah. The tiger Um, tour.
3: Yeah. The champions tour. That is like the only thing my mind keeps going
2: in all of this, to be honest. So we're getting Phil, we're getting Ricky. Interesting.
3: And apparently tomorrow's a media day.
2: So So those guys
3: are going to talk who are over there for the first time. Okay um and yeah it should be interesting and i'm a watcher i'll i'll watch i'm not like boycotting you know and god forbid you say something bad about live while wearing like a nike windbreaker people will come for you oh yeah so you know i their whore. what they do their lack of accountability for anything in life like disgusting i don't have an answer if i got deep into the hypocrisy of everything i'm into that would be a bad place do I like the fact that, like, because I'm Jewish, they would behead me if I showed up in their country? No.
2: You don't like don't, that? But I'm not going you to their you, don't, you, you don't like that part about it?
3: <laughs> no, I don't. Like, that's not ideal. But it's, I don't know. It's just like, if you really read deep into it, it's this whole, like, deeper investment fund that even 60 Minutes did a feature a few months ago that they're even investing, like, in Israeli startups. So... Yes, it's about golf and sports washing, washing, but this like live fund or prosperity fund, it's like way deeper. And if they're investing in Israeli companies, like they're pretty much open to investing in anything that makes any sense. Um, Golf and sport being clearly the main thing. That's it. I don't know. I wish we could talk about it more. I can't drive myself places, so I have you, to accept the rides when they're offering. Yeah, offering.
2: You, you, go check so out the, go. you go check out the Monday qualifier. Uh, you be the man on the ground. Uh, hopefully you get your like wheelchair access that they'll give you a cart like Casey Martin to go ride around in. You don't have to walk.
3: Yeah, no, I'll be able to loiter the property good. Oh. And hey, if it's not going well, I just go inside, eat some chicken tenders. Thanks. Looking
2: forward to sharing a plate with you, Danny Willett, next year. That'd be very nice. Jeff Feinberg. Follow him on Twitter at Feinberg 17 Play in the Listeners League on DraftKings. Link in the description. pick and all the additional information will be in the newsletter coming out on Wednesday evening. But live, 12 p.m. Eastern Time in Studio Tambo will be right there. We'll be going through all the DraftKings picks, the ownership, the final bets, and taking your questions on Wednesday. And then Friday's going to be around soon enough. Research show for the U.S. Open kicking off the mega PME Majors Week. You know the deal. Friday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Boom, cut sweat show. On Friday, we might do it as a Twitter Spaces and YouTube experience this time to try to harness more of the audience. Because I really liked how Twitter Spaces went for the golf. But that'll do it for me. Thank you all for watching. I'll see you next time.
1: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium?